1: Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening. I'm here with producer Liz Gill on this Thursday morning. And as you can tell, we're live. All right. So this morning, coming up, loaded program. We have uh, coach Tim Stowers, the brand new head football coach of the Southwest Community College Bears. Uh, And coming up a little bit later in the program, we're going to have Reed Vance. He's the play-by-play voice of the Mississippi College Choctaws, their baseball team. In just their second year uh, back in Division II, NCAA Division II, uh, went on a pretty Incredible run through the Gulf South Conference baseball tournament, uh, culminating with a uh, victory in the championship game yesterday. That puts them in the NCAA baseball tournament, the Division Two baseball championship tournament for the first time uh, since coming back up to Division Two. They uh, dropped back, they dropped down to Division Three and had a run there for about uh, twenty years or so, I suppose, and uh, just back up twenty twenty five years and just back up in Division Two, second year. This is a team. We'll talk about this uh with Reed a, a team that would, at one point last year in their first year back in division 2 had a 2 and 17 record at one point and now here just a little bit more than a year later they're uh they're bringing hardware back to Clinton Mississippi and uh they're getting ready to go to the NCAA tournament. Then at ten thirty-five, we'll speak with Rick Cleveland, some Mississippi sports media royalty, and we'll talk about uh, a little bit more college baseball. We have the uh, Ferris Trophy um, presentation that's coming up soon, and uh, we have uh, the the end of the college baseball season is unfolding upon us, and it looks like uh, there could be a lot of Mississippi teams, as it seems there always is, in action in postseason play, and some are going to have a pretty decent shot and maybe uh, advancing toward a national championship. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to go to the phones and bring on the brand new head football coach of the Southwest Mississippi Community, Community College Bears. That's Tim Stowers. Coach, uh, good morning and, and thank you for your time. How are you? Hey, coach, you there? <laughs> hey, coach, are you there with us? Well, we'll try to get him back here in uh, in just a moment. So, uh, again, coming up a little bit later on the program, Reed Vance, the play-by-play voice of Mississippi College, and at 1035, Rick Cleveland, uh, longtime um, columnist with the Clarion-Ledger and Hattiesburg American and uh, now syndicated columnist around the state of Mississippi. I mentioned that uh, we would talk about some college baseball. Well, um, uh, D1Baseball.com has put out its projections for are we good? Oh, I can do that. All right, um, the regional projections by D1Baseball dot com for the uh, the college baseball season uh, coming into this here very week, and it's pretty interesting because we have four teams from Mississippi that are included in these projections, which uh, is just about as many as we could have in any one season. You've got Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss, Southern Miss, excuse me, not Miss, uh, who are all in, and then Jackson State, who was projected to be the SWAC champion, uh, which is a pretty good thing. But as as you may know, you may not know, and I've, I've mentioned this before, the SWAC works in a way in that essentially the entire regular season is just the appetizer, while the postseason conference tournament the three- or four-day tournament is everything. So the 56 games that they play in the regular season is just – I mean, it's window dressing. And then whether or not you're good at that three- or four-day conference tournament, it means everything. So Jackson State, which is is actually, as a SWAC team – and this is pretty remarkable – is receiving votes in some top 25 national polls – Uh, 30-plus wins on the season, and they've reached the 30-win plateau for sixth or seventh season in a row. Uh, They're looking really, really good. But uh, their RPI is not good enough, of course, playing in the SWAC, that they could have an at-large bid. So they have to win that conference tournament, and that's coming up soon. But anyway, they're listed amongst the teams uh, right now in the D1Baseball.com college baseball projections. All right, we're going to try it again. Uh, Coach Tim Stowers, brand-new head football coach at Southwest – I'm sorry – Oh, so we're going to do the baseball coach. Let take, let's take a break here. We'll take our first time out. This is MPB season pass on Think Radio. We'll be right back. back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening on this Thursday morning. Did a little bit of reset there and we're going to move forward, try to get in touch with Coach Stowers a little bit later on. Right now we have the play-by-play voice of the Mississippi College Choctaws, Reed Vance, on the line with us. And the Choctaws uh, just coming off a uh, Gulf South Conference championship one day ago that puts them back in the D2 uh, baseball national championship tournament for the first time in a long time. Reed, good morning. Thank you for your time. How are you?
2: Good morning, Jay. Good to talk with you. Absolutely.
1: Uh, tell me about the experience yesterday. I know you've been riding with Mississippi College for a long, long time, uh, and it's, it's been, a, I'm sure, an, an interesting and fun at times and trying at other times transition from D3 back into Division two. It's not an easy thing to do, but to see what happened uh, yesterday had to be worth it.
2: It really was. It uh, was a special week for Mississippi College Athletics and for this baseball team. Uh, we couldn't be prouder of them. You're right. We heard a lot of talk about how it was going to be a difficult transition back from Division Three to Division Two, and it has been a challenge. There's no doubt about it. And I think that makes what Coach uh, Jeremy Hayworth and his staff have done with this baseball team even more special. Uh, this is only our second year of eligibility for postseason play after two provisional years. And to compete in a Gulf South Conference that is as tough, top to bottom, pretty much, as any conference uh, in the country in Division II. Uh, you got to understand, we played Lee University. They were the seven seed in the tournament. They beat the two and the three seed in pool play to get to the title game. So that just goes to show you how deep the Gulf South Conference is. And. And the Choctaws uh, won four games to win their first uh, GSC tournament. It was a really special week in Cleveland.
1: I saw a tweet yesterday that that pointed out at one point last season this baseball team um, had a two and seventeen record at one point. And, and to see them, what, what what is it exactly that you've seen out of this coaching staff or this group of baseball players that has matured them both? Uh, I would guess mentally and as baseball players to the point where they go from a team that's you know two and a team, which is, I mean, that's that's some rough living right there, just to go through that. Much less look at it on a sheet of paper to a team that has now brought some hardware back to Clinton, Mississippi, and is qualified for the national championship tournament.
2: Yeah, it was a really rough start to the season last year. I think that figures right, two and seventeen. And I, you know, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, the coaching staff just continues to preach confidence. Uh, to this group of players, it was it's pretty much, with a couple of exceptions, the, the same bunch this year that won it. It started 2-17 and 17 last year. And I, I know at one point in time Coach Harreuth just uh, would remind them, hey, you haven't forgotten how to play baseball, and you can compete. And I think a lot of it is mindset. Look, when you look up and down the conference and you see folks like Delta State Who's won you know multiple conference titles? Went to the College World Series last year. Yeah, and you see like teams like West Florida, um, a, a team who's really got it together in a lot of their athletic programs, and some other very tough teams in the conference. It's tough not to hey, can we compete with these guys? And the answer is absolutely. And you know, Coach Hayworth and his staff have done a great job at recruiting freshmen who have uh, who have grown up on the field. Our middle infielders last year were both freshmen. One of them, uh, Grant Barber, was an all-conference player as a freshman. And then he went out and substitu- uh, you know, supplemented those freshmen with some really good JUCO transfers. i got five guys from East to Central. We have an excellent community college system in the state of Mississippi. And um, you know, you put that together, and you just instill confidence in them. Good things are going to happen, and I think that's what happened with this much this year. After a really rough start last season,
1: Reed Vance is our guest, play-by-play announcer and broadcaster for Mississippi College Choctaws. Gulf South Conference baseball champions go into the Division II NCAA baseball tournament. Tell me a little bit about uh, Coach uh, Jeremy Hayworth. I know uh, a, a much lauded player at Wachita Baptist and uh, and and coached uh, his. His alma mater and uh, kind of turned that baseball program around a little bit, and, uh, and obviously, pretty f- pretty um, fortunate for Mississippi College to get a hold of him.
2: Yeah, this is his third year with, with MC. Uh, he came in our second year of our uh, transition to Division uh, Division Two. Uh, he was at Washita for four years where he coached and where he played, and he's been a winner everywhere he's been. And I think that comes through in the way, you know, just the simple things, maybe things that folks. Uh, not um, not inside the program may not see things like organization, attention to detail. Um, uh, again, the confidence that he instills in players, and he surrounded himself with a really good coaching staff. Some former Choctaws who played at the at the Division Three, and then in the transition to Division Two layer uh, a level. And um, you know, I, the combination of those things has made a really good coaching staff for this this team to to learn from.
1: Overall, uh, all across the athletic department, uh, w- what's the transition back been like? I know it's been a handful of years now, but as you mentioned, a lot of it is, is kind of provisional time where the team competes at the Division two level. They have to schedule at the D2 level, but they can't uh, participate in any postseason tournaments. I don't necessarily understand why that works the way it does. But anyway, <laughs> uh, w- what's the transition been like ac- across the board with the athletic department?
2: Well, I think we all knew it was going to be a challenge, and it has been a challenge. And I think uh, it's it's been a little bit of a tougher climb in some sports than other sports. You know, we had good success winning the softball tournament last year. Uh, and, and this year, went back to the softball tournament. Of course, our baseball team this year we've had good success in some other sports, track and field. Our tennis team, women's tennis team, was 16 and three this year, and all three losses came to the same school, uh, <laughs> the University of West Florida. Go figure that. Right. Um, but you know, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, the Gulf South Conference, uh, the the you know the old line is they're the SEC of Division two. Yeah. Especially in in football, it's it's challenging. I mean, you've got state schools like West Georgia and, and North Alabama, they'll be leaving to move on to Division One after this year. Well, it was uh, old 1AA. Um, Delta State's been really good. I mean, in West Florida, got to the national title game in their second year playing football as a university. Wow! Now, that just goes to show you, there's a lot of talent these schools compete for, and um, it's been a real challenge in a lot of sports. But, uh, you know, we're optimistic. We think that uh, within a short order of time, we're going to be one of those teams that's challenging in every sport for conference titles. That's I know that's the goal of our athletic department, and uh, I think we're well on the way.
1: All right, so tell me a little bit about this baseball team. Let us know some of the guys. I know it's it's been, especially here lately, it's been a really fun uh, climb for you guys and then going through this tournament. You guys are red hot. And, it, and and I know you played the seven seed in the championship game, but getting to that championship game was about as difficult to pull as you can because you played Delta State in basically a winner advances, losers done uh, game in their ballpark. So tell me a little bit about that. I know that game was wild too, right?
2: I you know I think I'm just having some time to reflect on it. I think that's probably going to go down as the most significant game in Choctaw baseball history. Wow nine to eight win in 11 innings to reach the title game uh, against Delta State at their home park uh, in you know it, just, just an amazing atmosphere that was. what an amazing game it was. you know the Choctaws are pretty balanced. Um, they're not a team that's necessarily going to to slug their way to victories. But there are teams that are going to string hits together, and we saw that in the title game yesterday. We had five hits uh, in the, I think it was the, the third inning. I'm not exactly sure. Let's see, the fifth inning, five hits in the fifth inning to score five runs. But also, this team's pretty resilient. I mean, we, we gave up six runs to Delta State in the third inning of that game on Tuesday night to, to go down, but they bounced back and won it. Uh, Blaine Krim was the most outstanding player at the tournament. He only went 13 for 18 <laughs> in the tournament and was the most outstanding player. Billy Cameron made the all-conference team. He's an outstanding third baseman. He's a transfer uh, from East to Central. Uh, we've got a pretty deep starting pitching staff. Chris Crosby pitched two games the tournament, pitched really well. Uh, Hunter Mullis, outstanding senior left-hander. And then um, uh, our third starting pitcher, Zach Ingrams, had a really outstanding year as well. Um, this is a pretty balanced squad, and on top of all that, they made the fewest errors of anybody in the conference and the best fielding percentage of any team in the GSC. And we saw some sparkling defensive plays, especially in the infield this weekend. Pitching and defense can win championships, and you combine that with a team that's, that, that, that's going to not give up on any at-bats, that's a recipe for success. So... Um, I'd like to say that I'm. Um, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say that I'm surprised that this team made a four-o run through the conference tournament. But going in, I think everybody thought we had a chance to win every game. The Choctaws had a chance to win every game because they matched up well. Yeah, and they were so balanced.
1: Well, and almost the. the I mean, the worst thing now is to come home and not play for a couple of days. You want to keep it going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I
2: tell I you know, what, there's it's... some of those guys on that team that we really would like to go swing the bat in competition today for sure.
1: Absolutely, and and it's it's a classic. Classic, that Delta State game, too, a classic baseball story about, you know, keep plugging and don't give up and, and don't let failure define you. I know they banged around a guy who, what, like a week and a half earlier had shut them down for like seven shutout innings yeah. uh, in the last weekend of the regular season, and they came and got got back at him when it counted most in the conference tournament. So uh, that's uh, uh, pretty interesting right there. But, um, uh, yeah, this is this is going to be remarkable. So uh, th- them going into the D2 baseball tournament, tournament, just their second year of eligibility being back in Division II. Uh, so w- when does that tournament start, and, and, and when, Reed, will you know who your opponents are?
2: The uh, NCAA selection show will be, my understanding, is, Sunday night at 9 p.m.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. And
2: that's, you know, that's when the Choctaws will find out <laughs> uh, where they go and who they'll play. It will likely be the South Regional, and it will likely be either in Tampa, Florida, or Lakeland, Florida. We, we're pretty sure it's going to be in Florida somewhere. There was an outside shot; it could have been back at Delta State, but because uh, they lost out, you know, uh, to us in the uh, in that last game of pool play, uh, they are not going to likely host the the regional there. And so we're probably headed to Florida. It will be late next week. Look at the official date and time. And uh, be a great way to uh, have this kind of magical season continue for the Choctaws. But you know, here's you know, here's one thing else about this team: we only have four seniors this year. Wow! And only one of them in the lineup. This is still a very young bunch, and so this is a team that is this is not a, a kind of a one-shot wonder, one-hit wonder this year for MC baseball. This is a team that's being built the right way and built to compete on a year-by-year basis. So. Yeah, I, I think there's a pretty good chance we'll see Delta State again in the regional, and I think that will be uh, even more exciting than what we experienced this past weekend in Cleveland, but it, it's certainly been a fun ride, and I know the guys are uh, are excited to see it continue next week.
1: Absolutely, almost like they arrived early, and they set themselves a bar uh, that they're going to have to try to get back to in the next few years. Reed, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to talking to you again, and all the best to the D2 National Championship Tournament.
2: Thank you, Jay. Anytime.
1: Absolutely, Reed Vance, play-by-play voice of the Mississippi College Choctaws. All right, got to shift gears right here when we come back from this break. We're going to speak to uh, the brand new head football coach of the Southwest Community College Bears. That's when we come back from this timeout. I'm Jay White, producer Liz Gill. This is MTB Season Pass on Think Radio. back it's mpb season pass on think radio with producer liz gill i'm jay white thank you so much for listening on this thursday morning straight back into it we have the brand new head football coach of the southwest community college bears tim stowers is on the line with us coach thank you so much for your time how are you this morning
3: Everything's wonderful. It's great to be a Southwest. There,
1: absolutely. So, tell me about uh, um, the, when you saw that your opportunity uh, to to be the head coach at Southwest kind of opened up, and what you thought. What was your mindset about uh, going after well, this job? Well, I spent
3: the last four years at Holmes Community College, and we ran an offense that at Georgia Southern and other places and had a lot of success. And. Uh, we, we led the state in Russia in the last uh, four, all four years we were there. And I thought they were, the two places, Southwest and also Homes, were like demographically a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it needed kind of a jump start, especially moving the football. And I thought it might be a good fit. So I applied. And fortunately, the, Dr. Bishop and Coach Wallace, our athletic director and the search committee, uh, saw that. Would be a good opportunity and also a good fit.
1: Well, with your experience, uh, wherever you apply, it'd be crazy not to hire you. And we can go into that in just a minute. But let me ask you about the the, the offense again that you mentioned that uh, that you and Coach Coons uh, had installed at Homes. I mean, this is some Back to the Future stuff, man. As we see more and more teams go into uh, the spread and and you know, kind of a basketball on turf type of thing where they're throwing the ball a lot and 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 trying to go as fast as they possibly can, throwing the ball through the air. Uh, this is uh, this is a very traditional uh, kind of a kind of a wishbone, flexbone, triple option type of thing, isn't it?
3: Well, it is. The first thing it does, it gives you an opportunity to move the ball against superior personnel. Two years ago, our bowl team, and also the, the center and the left tackle, the left tackle was 5'11", 227 pounds. <laughs> wow. You got was in the delta, and the center was a three-year starter at South Panola he was 5'9", 265. He met, both of them made like all-conference in MACJC. And they're also a part of an offense that threw for over, three, I mean, rushed for over 300 yards. But they also did this. During that year, we threw 17 touchdown passes. And so we're really, really good on play-action passes. We had a wide receiver, D.J. McGill from Madison Central, that was seven yards short of being a 1,000-yard receiver. And also we live the country in yards per catch. So when we get wide receivers open, they get them wide open. And so they can make big plays. But it gives you an opportunity to move the ball against superior personnel. We've done it with all in-state quarterbacks. And the linemen that we get are maybe the 6-foot, six six one guys, 260, 270. Sometimes they're smaller. But uh, they kind of have a chip on their shoulder because a lot of the people didn't recruit them because they're not six three, six four, six five. Yeah. And so they're a great group of coaches. That's who like coaches. And they're the engine that helps drive the offense.
1: How important coaches uh, the the quarterback position? Now that's that's an easy that's a layup question I know. But specifically, you know, for a triple option style offense, and you mentioned, uh, you know, that a couple years ago at Holmes, throwing for all those touchdowns and leading the nation in yards per catch and stuff like that. I mean, you run so much that you 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 kind of lull these guys to sleep, and then you throw. But then that one time that you play action or whatever it is, I mean, you you, you can't miss. You you got to be on. You got to hit. Well, you know, you got to strike right. while the iron's hot there. That's important.
3: We work on play-action quite a bit. We're really not as big a triple-option team as everybody might think. We run the rocket toss. We run the belly. We run other things besides just the triple-option. Gotcha. Okay. We spend a lot of time on play-action pass. It's not a lot of routes, but we've had quite a bit of success over the last four years. I want to bring that success to Southwest running that style of offense. Another thing we looked at it was – just, uh, just for math, simple math, let's say there's 200 high schools in the state of Mississippi, and there's 14 junior colleges. Well, that would mean that if they're going to sign offensive lin- five offensive linemen, every junior college in the state, and they want to be six three, six four, six five. You know, way 280, 290, that means there has to be one of those offensive linemen signed at every other high school in the state. That's not counting. Uh, those that might go to Delta State, Mississippi State, or Old Miss, or South Alabama, or any of those type of schools. So it gives us a little bit of advantage because after a while, all the high school coaches, you know, they might have an offensive guard that's like 6'1", 260, and nobody wants him. He's got great feet. He's got great character. He'll come off the ball. Um, he'll get in the huddle when the going gets tough. And guess what? We'll take him.
1: Absolutely. So tell me about uh, Tim Stowers is our guest, the brand new head football coach at Southwest Community College. And uh, the the Bears announced as the head coach there uh, uh, April twenty seventh. Coach, tell me about your your road uh, to to Southwest. I know it's been an interesting one. You've been a coach and a, a head coach at a bunch of different places, including uh, you know winning a couple of national championships at Georgia Southern, uh, maybe the most decorated, probably the most decorated one of the one or two most decorated programs in in one aa history. And so that's it's interesting that uh, you know your road has has wound you through into the Mississippi. JUCO system, uh, where you've been here a, a bunch of years now, in, uh at
2: Southwest.
3: Well, I, I guess how I got here is it was a long time ago. I was a head coach at Georgia Southern. A guy from up north came, and he was a high school coach and worked with army Army uh, Strength and Conditioning. And he came by. He was he was vacationing at Myrtle, not Myrtle Beach, the Hilton. And he wanted he came by and asked him to he the red assistant work in the weight room with us and that's one of his areas of expertise. And I hired him, that's Jeff Kuntz, the expert at home. Yeah. And he's been the two time state coach of the year in the MACJC. and so later on he thought, Okay, I've been trying at I'm at homes and it's kind of once again I said the demographics are similar to Southwest. He says, we need to do something different on offense because what we've been doing has not been very successful. So we need to do, you have to do something better, or we have to do something different. So he decided to do something different in me. And that was great insight that he had, and it worked. And I'm just hoping we get the same kind of magic down here at Southwest with the same approach
1: absolutely so uh, um, the, the South division uh, you know North division very tough uh, you got uh, two teams that have won national championships in the in the very recent past including last year East Mississippi Northwest and that's just a couple of the teams in the south you know very loaded too uh, with with teams that have been very very good over the past you know decade and longer uh, so um, uh, what is it uh, let's look at uh, you know, some of the teams that I don't know that you're trying to emulate necessarily but uh you know maybe the bar you show these guys hey this, this is this is what we've got to overcome uh to get to where we want to go.
3: Well first of all you gotta recruit good suited athletes and the ones that have great character and have great attitude. Probably the attitude is the most important thing. Uh more than anything it doesn't require any athletic ability at all that's a positive attitude. And then build your program from that point forward. Uh, another thing we've done in the past is you know, we kinda have we kinda create competitive environments with so a kind of a team system to divide the team the team up in the six, eight, nine, ten team. Don't want to do that in July. We've only done it do in winter. I'm going to try to divide them up and see if we can uh make them be more competitive on a daily basis and it also develops quite a bit of leadership where you really find out who your leaders are on the team. And if you don't do that type of stuff, then you're not going to have a chance to play to compete very well in this league because every week, week in and week out, on Thursday night, sometimes Saturday afternoons, you got to be ready to play. I do a little bit of studying on the the history of the M- MACJAC. More recent history, there's about 16 to 18 usually SEC signees SEC that come out of this league. And usually they're on the defensive line. They're playing linebacker. Might be a running back here and there. And That's a great challenge. That's not even counting all the ones that go to uh, maybe other Division One schools. So It's a great league. I've coached in Division One. In the SEC, at Temple in the Big East, one double A, a couple places. You know, I've coached at Jackson State when they were Division Two, but I, I tell you this, I've never had more fun and enjoyed the student athletes more than the last four years I have coaching in this league.
1: It really is. It's it's it's. It's a unique, it's a one of a kind experience because you take you know the, the the micro community experience that you get with Mississippi high school football, uh, and you stack a bunch of D one level college football players on top of it. It's really really fun and unique. You get great experiences and you see some of the best college Man, football it's in the country. Very
3: physical, a lot of speed. But the one thing I like about it, I think the students, a lot of the student athletes that come and play in this league, the ones you coach. I really think you have a better opportunity to influence them on a positive in a positive fashion. And you know, that's very satisfying as a coach. You know, winning it you gotta win to keep the job. I think the more satisfying thing is helping the kids. You see a kid come in and he's we had an offensive line when we signed from Sinatopia. He was like he's about six two, two thirty five when we signed him. He left, he was two eighty and he went to, went to Georgia Southern and signed the Division One scholarship and had like 17 offers. Yeah, And so you see them grow pretty fast in a year and a half to two years that you have, and we want to be the best in the state at developing student-athletes.
1: Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Before I let you go, Coach, let me ask you, when you see, you know, Georgia Southern has, has uh, in in the last couple, of three, four years, made the jump up to the FCS, or uh, uh, the old Division 1A, uh, I know you had a, a big part in their success, their long-time run of success in 1AA, you know, that kind of allowed them uh, the space and room and, and the, the, the finances to make this jump, what does that do? You, you see them, and you know now they're in the, the Sun Belt Conference, and they've been in a bowl game already, if I'm not mistaken, in the last couple of years. What does it see when you see them make the jump like that up to the top level?
3: Well, we knew all along that they had plans from the very beginning that large stadium, the 30,000 seats, and maybe one day, one day, possibly go to Division One. But what's the most satisfying thing is. You know, Coach Russell, who started the program there. He was a defensive coordinator at Georgia for 18 years. You know, they didn't have football except before World War II, so he had to go to Kmart at the press conference to buy a football because they didn't have a football at all when he first got there. And He started it, and then I was a part of that. Was then I was a part of three national championships, and also played for it one more time, and then. When I got the head job, I won a national championship. So you're part of four national championships. You see them as satisfying you as a coach that – you really help lay the foundation of the future of Georgia Southern football.
1: Well, Coach, congratulations uh, on getting the job at Southwest, and I know uh, that you'll do a really great job there. They're fortunate to, to have uh, been able to tab you as the new the new coach there, and uh, the South Division just got a little bit harder. There's already some great, great coaches and some great, great programs there, and uh, I know now uh, Southwest is not going to be such an easy place to go and, and, and work for that win. So congratulations.
3: Hey, thanks. I enjoyed the program. I listen to you all the time.
1: I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much, sir. All right, we'll take a break here. That's uh, Tim Stowers, uh, the new head football coach at Southwest. But uh, it's funny; it's just not just another uh, uh, head football coach named in uh, the the JUCO level at Mississippi. I mean, he's got a, a long history behind him, and for anybody uh, that could uh, name him a head coach in the league, I mean, it's it's uh, they're pretty fortunate Southwest uh, to find him and i know uh, it had to be a lot of programs kind of keeping an eye on what he wanted to do there uh while he was the offensive coordinator at holmes with uh with coach coons there who's been on the program before Uh, and the the job that they did turning around uh holmes there all right we'll take a break um when we come back we're going to try to have rick cleveland i'm taking nothing for granted in uh, this year program today Coming up next, uh, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, you know, this is Teacher Appreciation Week, and that's going to be the topic of the of the show. If you're listening and you have a favorite teacher or a teacher that you feel like impacted you, or if you're a sports fan and you're listening and you had a coach, because they're teachers too. Often there are a lot of teachers and coaches, one and the same, or both at the same time. If you had one of those that impacted your life, listen to that show coming up next. call in. And tell us about that teacher or that coach that impacted your life. Looking for those stories today on the Southern Remedy Kids and Teens of Dr. Dr. Jimmy Stewart. That's coming up next on Season
4: Pass.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening. On the phones with us now, uh, longtime sports columnist here in the state of Mississippi and Mississippi Sports Hall of Famer Rick Cleveland back on the program. Rick, good morning. How are you?
4: Doing fine, Jay. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Let me ask you, uh, um, baseball, the topic today, and there's so much going on. We could talk about this for the entire hour. Uh, You uh, recently wrote a story about uh, Jerry Boatner, right, who's who's retiring after a a long and extremely successful tenure at West Lauderdale High School.
4: Right. He was at West Lauderdale for 45 years, but he's been in high school coaching in Mississippi for half a century, 50 years. Wow, and I know he... uh... Has won, you know... (laughs) Fourteen state championships in in, in high school <laughs> baseball—that's pretty amazing.
1: It is, and he's had teams that were uh, ranked up in the the, the the very tip top of the the national polls in a bunch of different seasons, and has produced a, a ton of uh, Division one baseball players. And 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 I know he's you know, a bunch of people are are glad that he's been able to go into retirement, but glad to see him go from from that area at the same time because he's been dominant. He's been
4: uh, terrific. He's another one of, uh, of Boo's boys, you know. He played played on one of Boo Ferris's, I think maybe his first or second team wow. at, uh, at uh, Delta State and uh, was a really good pitcher and probably would have pitched professionally if he hadn't had something, had something happen to his throwing shoulder, very similar to what happened to Coach Ferris himself. Yeah. And uh, kind of ended his playing career, but set him on a path. Uh, it's pretty amazing. He's in the National Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame, uh, the only Mississippi High School coach that's in there.
1: So, uh, speaking of Coach Ferris, the, the Ferris Trophy is, is up soon uh, for grabs. And this year's—it's it, another one of these very interesting. This may be the, the most interesting of all comparisons between uh, an electric player from uh, a smaller classification and an almost equally electric player from the the top level of competition, Division One. You got um, you got Zach Shannon, who is just a another level, uh, otherworldly <laughs> slugger from Delta State, and you got Nick Sandlin, who's been a near perfect starting pitcher. For Southern Miss this year,
4: yeah, uh, you know I think maybe what we ought to do is before the luncheon this year, just move it across to Smith wheels and have <laughs> have Sandlin pitch to Shannon and decide it that way.
3: Yeah,
4: <laughs> I mean they're they're just I've I, I, I've never seen numbers like Shannon's. Uh, offensively and I've never seen a uh a pitcher with better college baseball numbers than, than Sanlin has. Uh what has he got? Like a twelve to one strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, yep. And he's undefeated, and he's uh, uh, his ERA is under one.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think now he's sitting at an eleven starts this season, an ERA of zero point six nine, which is, I mean, that's great for a relief pitcher who throws about half the innings. It's uh, it's,
4: it's it's stupid and the fact that this is <laughs> the first year that he's you know, in college baseball that he's been a starter. Yeah. It's is, is pretty amazing. Uh but Shannon's numbers are amazing too and that and any other year there's three or four other players. Uh uh the old Miss guy that's hitting over four hundred uh, uh I can ever pronounce his name right. Ols or something like that. And then the uh the the um the guy that transferred From state to Southern Miss, uh, the third baseman is God. He's going to win the triple crown at Crumpers USA. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. So let me ask you about uh, uh, Southern Miss. Uh, They've won, I think uh, it's. Eight conference games in a row, nine out of ten, they've won every conference USA series for uh, like two and a half, maybe three straight years. Uh, tell me about you know, I know you've you come from Hattiesburg, and so you've been around the Southern Miss baseball program for a long time. For a long time, seen what it came from when when Coach Denson yeah. kind of brought yeah. it out of the woods, so to speak. <laughs> so, tell me about this run that they're on, and how interesting it is to see that.
4: I think probably the most. Interesting or impressive stat is out of their last 50 conference USA games they've won 41. <laughs> they, won <four. laughs> they won over 80 percent of their last 50 conference USA games, which is which is really pretty remarkable. Yeah, uh, and they've done it in spite of the fact that they lost all three weekend starters from a year ago. Two of them. Went in the draft, and one of them is on the shelf, uh, and so they converted their closer into a starter, and uh, and then have kind of just uh, they've done a great job with their pitching of of, of of getting by with people that you know that weren't expected to be in these roles, and uh, they, they've got a good team. They, they're offensively there is probably the best. Best team offensively they've ever had at Southern. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, the murderer's Road they have uh, um, in the middle of the lineup is 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 really impressive. It's particularly if, if you have to be a right-handed pitcher pitching against them because they all swing left-handed. You know, but they're they they've got uh, you know the preseason conference player of the year Matt Walner. Is He's having a great year, but you don't hear much about him because of the other guys. Yeah. It's just unbelievable.
1: Let me ask you about Mississippi State and a lot of controversy at the beginning of the season with their, their coach being let go because of some, uh, some uh, off-the-field controversy, and I guess I'll leave it at that. But uh, Gary yeah. Henderson, who's a, a former SEC coach of the year at Kentucky, who was the pitching coach of the team – you know, it's interesting. Him and his guys kind of put in this position where, I mean, they almost know they're short time. They're, they're lame ducks, uh, yeah. and a year from now, or, or less than that, six months from now, they'll probably be, you know, putting their houses up for sale and looking for jobs. But they've been able to turn this team around, and, and now it's looking fairly likely that they'll make the NCAA tournament. That's it's, that's an incredible accomplishment.
4: Yeah, everything, every projection that I'm seeing has them in the field. Now they still you know they got work to do they they don't, they, they need to win some games here down the stretch but yeah you're right it is amazing what they've come back from uh and, and to where they are right now and uh, you know if they just had one one or one, maybe two sluggers in the middle of that lineup you know that they, they just don't they don't have a whole lot of pop yeah uh, but boy they what they've accomplished and and I think Mississippi State fans are gonna realize next year just how much what a joy it's been to watch uh Jake Mangum play for you know, for his three seasons there. Uh I I can't imagine that he'll come back for a fourth. But boy, uh, he's a throwback player to me. You know, just the way he plays the game and uh, how much ground he covers in center field and what a, you know, terrific leadoff hitter and base runner he is. It's just fun to watch.
1: Absolutely. He is a throwback. He puts the ball in play all the time. Uh, like, he doesn't even work walks. I mean, he's, he always puts the ball in play no matter what. He's a great junk ball hitter and. Um, he is—he's got elite speed, which I think some people uh, who don't watch Mississippi State a lot maybe don't understand. They just think he's a great contact hitter, but he's a—he's oh, an incredible athlete with some world-class speed.
4: The Governor's uh, Trophy game uh, out at Trustmark—the two catches he made uh, were—I mean—they'd stand up to the major league highlight show every night that's how good that's how good they were
1: and uh, side note here I I saw a mock baseball draft um, the other day that saw him projected to go to Colorado and I I thought that's you know, if if he gets up into the major leagues, and that's putting a lot of carts before a lot of horses there, a lot of time yeah. between here and there. But, man, him playing in Colorado, Coors Field's a big old park uh, yeah. with a lot of ground to cover. Number one, it would be great for him defensively because he can cover it. But then number two, you know, he's he's not a power hitter, but he does have great, like, yeah. gap-to-gap yeah. line drive
2: power.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would be a great fit. Seems like a natural to me, but you know, talking about Mississippi State, if you put Luke Reynolds in the middle of that batting order that yeah. they have right now, if you take, you know, I mean, if he had stayed at State, that, man, he's hitting 380 with 12 homers and 51 RBIs, slugging percentage of 711. Um, that, that, that would make that lineup a lot different looking. Absolutely.
1: Uh, finally, uh, talked to Reed Vance uh, earlier in the program, uh, the play-by-play voice of Mississippi College. I know you did a story uh, just recently. I guess you were at the, the Delta State MC Series a week or two ago and, yeah. uh, and kind of did a, a story about Uh, I guess it it was probably starting about Delta State, but then I think Mississippi College caught your eye. And, boy, that's timely now, isn't it?
4: Well, I went up there with the idea to write mostly about uh, Shannon. And, uh, you know, Delta State did win two of three of that series, but Mississippi College could have easily won two or three or even swept. You know, they were – they're – They're very, very competitive. And they're they're a team that could go deep in the D2 tournament. I mean, and, and that's just, uh, when you consider where they were four years ago, what a remarkable turnaround. What a great job that Hayward's done there. Did it a is. Tremendous job.
1: It is. I saw a tweet yesterday that at, at one point last season, they had a 2-17 and 17 record, just last year, 2-17. Yeah. and 17. And then to come back this year and win a championship is, is uh, pretty remarkable. And he said uh, the, the day before yesterday, uh, Delta State at MC, who were both two and zero in pool play, basically had a, a play-in game uh, to yeah. the the conference championship game, and Delta uh, Mississippi State, Mississippi College, I'll get it right, won nine to eight in eleven innings, and it was a pretty wild game, back and forth. Uh, Reed said that's probably going to go down, or at least to this point in its history, as as the most important game in Mississippi College baseball history. That's saying a lot because they've been around and playing baseball for a long time
4: huge, but, you know, Delta State and Mississippi College used to be a great rivalry uh, in baseball going back to the days when Boo Ferris uh, was at, at Delta State and even to the uh, more recent times when uh, Tom Gladney was at Mississippi College. Yeah. They had a good rivalry going. But uh, it, 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 it's back. 'cause uh I don't think they're I don't think that team's going anywhere. Right. I mean, I yeah, I don't think they're going downhill. I think they're going up and, and you know, in Kennison's record we 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 talk about everything else about college baseball in Mississippi, but Mike Kennison's record at Delta State is still, you know, just just off the charts. I mean he's the guy's averaging forty three wins a year.
1: Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. his
4: time there. Winning 80% of his games, it's just stunning, really.
1: Yeah. That's a great – that's one great season for almost anybody, and he's averaged that over. How long has he been there? I mean, it's –
4: Oh, years and years. I don't know the exact – over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, But I remember Coach Ferris, who used to tell me, is – uh he said, just as long as as long as Kennison's here, we're gonna be fine. <laughs> we're gonna we're going we're gonna win big as long as Kennison's here. It's just amazing to me that he's been there that long and nobody's ever come in there. Uh you know, throwing a lot of money at him.
1: Absolutely. Uh at this point, yeah. No no doubt about that. Rick, thank you so much for your time this morning talking some uh some college baseball here in Mississippi with us.
4: Sure, Jack. Thanks for
1: all your time. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, Our thanks to Rick Cleveland being on the program today and uh, Reed Vance, who was the play-by-play voice of the Mississippi College Choctaws. And he jumped in at the uh, almost very last minute for Coach Hayworth, who was pulled away to a meeting this morning. I understand they're probably, excuse me, having to work on a lot of logistics. Uh, getting ready for their uh, trip to the Division II uh, Championship Baseball Tournament. Uh, and also, Tim Stowers. Our thanks to him coming on, a brand new head football coach at Southwest Community College, the Bears there. That's going to do it for us. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Remember, there are uh, uh, the the topic this week is Teacher Appreciation Week. So, if you're listening and you have a teacher or a coach that made a big impact on you, listen to that show, get that number, and call in and tell us about it. That's coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.